Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I think that's it's great. I think we've been on the other end of it um, and being close but not finishing. Like we've played well early and then maybe didn't play as good later on. And today was a little bit of the reverse. Um, so we just kind of, like you said, just play the last drive and put our team in a position to win and let the coaches make all the decisions. Um, and they did a great job of that. And, uh, you know, when you get a chance to have the ball, you got to put points up. And we can do a better job of not even being in that situation by playing better, especially me, just in certain parts of the game. Well, that is Mac Jones, of course. Brett Martineau here at Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios. And uh, how good has Mac been so far, Austin? Four and four. Uh, in a nice situation there, it looks like in New England, looks like get more and more comfortable. Say all the nice things you can about Mac Jones. His mom's on the line. Oh, no, for sure. So I'm definitely going to watch what I say. But listen, I, I don't need to censor myself at all because I've been very adamant about how comfortable he has looked. And you saw that in the preseason. Um, it's carried over down to the regular season. In terms of just comfort with the offense, leadership, um, you know, running a no-huddle offense, two-minute, like, Mac Jones is by far the best quarterback this year. Now, you know, Trevor Lawrence starting to gain on him a little bit in terms of comfortability, but Mac Jones is by far uh, the most comfortable guy right there, and it looks like he's going to have a position for a long time to come. Yeah, really nice story. I love him in New England right now, and uh, Jacksonville product out of the bowl school as well. And Holly Jones, Mac's mom, joins us right now uh, really to talk about something that Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones have done together to help out a really good co cause and raise awareness and dollars for Alzheimer's. And we'll have that story in just a moment. Uh, but hello, Holly. I uh, hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying this rookie year so far for Mac. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. No problem. What's it like watching them play for the New England Patriots uh, for these first eight games? Oh, it's been great. Very exciting. Lots of traveling and uh, just really fun going to see all the games. Are you going to all of them? Have you been everywhere? Been to every single one. Haven't, haven't missed a single game uh, and haven't missed one when he was at Alabama. And basically haven't missed one since he started when he was five years old. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's, I mean, uh, hey, and when he's five years old, you dream of playing in, in the NFL and playing um, for the New England Patriots or any team. He is doing just that. Uh, I've asked you this before. We did this around draft time when we, we visited with you guys over at your home. Uh, but I, this is this is be, be such a fun ride over the from Alabama in that year to, to the draft and to, to now what's going on in New England. You guys have to be having a blast. It, it is really fun, and I tell people it's the same feeling as when he was five years old and he ran out on the field the first time. It's always kind of that same feeling. Very exciting. Roller coaster ride. Very, very fun. Holly, so I have to ask, you know, because b b being a mom of, of, of an NFL player, and my mom can attest to this, she she was always super nervous for me. Didn't necessarily understand the game of football, like, clearly, but, like, was always nervous when I'm on the field, didn't want me to get hurt, all that great stuff. Like, as a mom, do you find yourself, like, are you more in the X's and O's things, or are you just kind of more hoping that he does well? Uh, I actually have to admit, I, I had to buy that book, one of those, um, Dummy books, you know, dummies, <laughs> football for dummies sure, books. Sure, sure. Um, but he, he tries to, you know, help me out. When he was in uh, Pop Warner, he used to try to teach me when we go to a restaurant after, he used the salt shakers and the little straws and tried to teach me the different way to set things up and tried to teach me the plays. And he's kind of helped me over the years. When I say things that aren't right, he tries to explain it to me. And I've, I've gotten better. I, as I say, I know just enough to be dangerous. 
<laughs> well, props to him, because I didn't do anything for my mom. It's like, yeah, you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. I love it. Uh, Holly Jones uh, with us here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. It's cool to have you along because, really, uh, I had this idea this year. Maybe we'll start it next year. I was going to do Monday with Moms. <laughs> and uh, you you're, on our you're on our list, by the way, just talking sports with moms on Monday, especially coming off uh, uh, whether it's a Jags or an NFL or a Pop Warner uh, Saturday and Sunday. But you're, you're really joining us today on a Thursday for a more important reason. Trevor Lawrence and uh, your son, Mac Jones, have teamed up to autograph a football and the story is, uh, well, one sad, but also one ama amazing in terms of how a small world it is. And uh, it's, it's pretty uh, involved story. So let me just read this little bit, and then we'll ask Holly about it. Uh, uh, Stan Stite passed from uh, younger onset Alzheimer's in 2020. And this weekend, actually, on Saturday, there's a walk to end Alzheimer's at UNF. Well, Stan's childhood friend, Mike Fields, had been college classmates with Holly Jones, who's joining us now, mother of Mac, and lives in Cartersville, where Trevor Lawrence grew up. I mean, what a small world, Holly. Yes, it is an amazing story. And uh, I'd like to say that it's, uh, it's a sad story, but it's also a happy story. And it's a, because the story behind the ball that's going to be auctioned is really a story that uh, represents unity, hope, friendship and teamwork and the reason why I say that is because the reason why it is, is a story of teamwork is because of the teamwork between you know several people Mike led the way a friend of not only mine from Mercer but a childhood friend of Stan who actually believe it or not had coached Mac in baseball when Mac was growing up wow so uh Mike Fields actually, and he and I had gone to Mercer together, and then we ran back into each other at Alabama because um, his daughter was dating a teammate of Max, and he's actually the one that told me that um, Stan had been diagnosed with early onset of al Alzheimer's. So then later, when um, Stan actually passed away and he had come up with this idea, he contacted me about getting Mac and Trevor to sign the ball. And then he, of course, was in the same town as um, Trevor. And so it was, um, when I say that it's teamwork, it was actually a lot of work to put together getting these, uh, the, the ball signed because it was uh, actually around the time of the draft. So he shipped the ball to, to me to get back to sign it, and then Trevor signed it, and then we actually got it to um, Stan's um, wife, and um, she got it to Alzheimer's Association. So that's kind of the teamwork part of it. The friendship part of it is kind of cool because um, all of us have um, uh, been friends. I've been friends with Mike for years. He's been friends with Stan since the fifth grade. And, of course, um, uh, Jenny and I became friends when um, Stan was coaching Mac. And Mac absolutely adored Coach Stipe. Um, and if you read the story that was in the uh, Times Union about um, Mike and um, Stan's friendship, uh, Mike actually does a very interesting quote about Stan and said that nobody ever thought that Stan was going to be a football player because Stan played football at um, in um, Statesboro. And it's interesting. They said he was small, and nobody ever thought he'd play in college, and Stan ended up playing college. Well, who does that sound like? Y'all know who that. Everybody said Matt, and nobody thought that Mac would play in college. So That's Stan always was very kind to Mac um, because Mac wasn't very good at, ba at baseball. So I think it's really cool that um, – he encouraged Mac at an early age in baseball when Mac wasn't really good. So 
I, I know where that was coming from because I never knew that about Stan. That that so he he was very kind to Mac. So um, uh, it is a story of friendship, and then of course hope. Because any money that comes from this ball is going to go to the research behind the Alzheimer's um, Association, and um, of course we all want that for everybody because both the um, my father passed away, Mac's grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's, as well as the Lawrence family has been affected. Um, we all spoke the other day on, on television, um, Amanda Lawrence, myself, and Jenny Stipe, and that we all um, recognize that everybody, all three of our families have been touched with Alzheimer's. So um, that's also under our, we, we're unified in seeking out um, and asking people to please get on the ball because it all, all of it, all of the funds, 100% of the funds will go to the Alzheimer's Association and help others um, in um, researching and um, fighting this um, disease. Yeah, I'm mean, Holly Jones is with us, uh, Mac Jones' mom. This is an incredible story, incredible small world story, tie-in, relationships, friendships, you're right, and, and really the big picture, raise money uh, to find a cure for Alzheimer's. And, and there's a UNF walk this weekend on Saturday, and you can join the walk. You go to alz.org slash walk so alz.org slash walk as for the ball that trevor lawrence and mac jones signed it's 32 auctions.com now on social media i'll share some of the links so you can uh do that as well but uh and find it a little easier but 32 auctions.com and and think about it this way i mean austin i've said this a lot uh, i love this quarterback class coming out yeah. I, I think this is going to be a really good class and obviously mac and trevor may be leading the way uh but I mean, you got a ball with a couple of those guys signing it 20 years down the road. <laughs> this would be a ball to have on your mantle for a long time to come. Well, especially both of them signing it. You know, I mean, I think that very rarely happens in the NFL. Obviously, it's you guys play on two separate teams. So, um, obviously, it's going towards a great cause. Um, you know, any sports fan, I think, would, would be would love to have this ball. So, yeah, absolutely. Check that website out. Uh, Brent, like you said, we'll tweet it out as well, get it out there. But um, a very cool, one-of-a-kind gift. Holly, uh, just uh, let me keep you for a minute or two and ask you this. This is a neat quarterback class. Do, do Trevor and Mac have a relationship, maybe because of this a little bit, because they're drafted together? Um, maybe does the quarterbacks in this class? I mean, I, I don't know how that works. What, what's that like for Mac? Well, actually, um, Mac and Trevor met a while ago. They did a um, quarterback challenge up in, I want to say, D.C. in 2016. And competed against each other I, I was there so I know they met then they might have met before then and so they knew who each other was back at that point and so you know actually that they kind of they kind of get to know each other kind of the, the guys um, that are competing pre pre senior year because they're kind of on a circuit um, I know Trevor and Matt competed a lot towards the end and um, they were relatively friendly at that point. And so they, and then of course, as they go on and they start playing against against each other, they're they're people think people are really competitive. They're not. They're friendly. And um, so I, I was talking to Amanda yesterday, and um, you know we're friendly. So like when you're talking about getting the moms on, it's great. Pe uh, people think people are all competitive. They're not. We're we're very friendly. So um, yes, Mac and Trevor are friends. <laughs> uh, oh, the moms should be super proud because two super young men. I mean, we don't know them extremely well, but everything we know about Trevor, we obviously know Mac a little bit and, and uh, handle themselves uh, so well. I was actually speaking to somebody yesterday or a group, a, a basketball team, and I said, if watch these guys at what they do at news conferences if you want to learn how to deal with the media. And, and they're so good, so seasoned at such a young age. Uh, all right, fun one to end it. Does it when, 
I don't know if you sit in the stands in New England. By the way, it's about to get cold if you go there at Gillette Stadium. I, I know you're not used to that. Uh, do people know who you are? Like when you're in Tuscaloosa, did they know who you were? Did they know not to say anything bad if a bad play happened? Or did they leave you alone? I would assume by the time you got out of Tuscaloosa, everybody kind of knew who you guys were. But you might still have a little bit of that, hey, who are these folks uh, in New England? Uh, at New England home games, everybody is 100% nice. Now, when you go to away games, um, <laughs> it, it, not so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, tough to stay incognito, but uh, I guess you got to put your ear, earbuds in uh, or just let it go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> I'm pretty tough. I'm pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Jones, thanks so long time. <laughs> yeah, I know you have. Uh, Holly Jones, thanks for joining us. This is a really cool thing. We'll continue to promote it. Hope we raise a lot of money for Alzheimer's. Uh, give Mac our best. Uh, he's having a fantastic start to his NFL career. Great. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, that is Holly Jones. Uh, of course, Jones family uh, from right here in Jacksonville and a local product. I mean, we touched talking about it last night on TV. I mean, from Derrick Henry to Mac Jones to all the, from everybody that's in the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. This area is so good in football. And Mac Jones is a really, really cool story. I, I just, I mean, how about all the, the, the ends of that story from Jacksonville to Cartersville to um, Mercer to, I mean, what a wild twist that all those worlds connected, Austin. It's always a small world, man. Never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, more on that uh, on the ball. It's 32auctions.com. Again, I'll share the exact link. It'll get you right there. And by the way, it's not uh, a pricey bid as of now. So let's get bidding. You have until Saturday to bid on it. Uh, and then alz.org slash walk. Um, is, uh, how, did your mom hear a lot of stuff in the stands? Or because you weren't really the quarterback, did she get a little bit of a break from that? Um, yeah, I mean, she was always rocking that 92 jersey proud, so I'm sure she heard some. Um, if she did get a lot, she never told me about it. But I do re remember one time back in high school, we were playing in a playoff game. Um, and the, the team that we're playing against, like, they had some ruthless fans, and they actually would, like, hang signs um, on our field, like, before the game. And I remember distinctly my mom hanging one of her signs that she made over one of their signs, which kind of lead led to a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a tussle a little bit. And I remember warming up for the game thinking, hey, Mom, can you just go back to your side of the, the stands, please? I'm trying to play a football game here. I can't worry about you right now. But, no, she, I mean, and, and much like Mac Jones, Mom, my mom never missed a game either um and, and there's something to be said for that and then that's definitely got to be celebrated because uh that those i mean those types of parents i think sometimes can be few and far between just because people got to work and everything but my mom always made time she never missed a game and uh for that i'm always thankful yeah that's really cool uh, i think it would be really hard to be um a pro athlete especially but a big time college athlete whatever it is a uh, parent and sitting out in the stands and hearing all that because it's not always going to go well you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're sitting out there, and there's drunk people, and, yeah. I mean, you can't really just stop them from being in your section. I mean, even if, like, you know, I know with the Jags, I, we've heard stories before, like, whether it was Scobie or Minshew, or, and I've talked to Minshew's dad about this in the past, too, you know, where you're just out there, and you kind of just got to hear it. There's no way to avoid it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if somebody's going to be a jerk, they're going to be a jerk, probably, or there's a lot of times where they don't know. Like, I just always picture it, like, your kid throws three interceptions, <laughs> and that guy paid a couple hundred bucks for the tickets. Yeah. And he's had a couple beers by now. Yeah. And uh, and he's sitting right behind, like, dad and mom, 
and he's just ripping the guy. Yeah. Right? Oh, and yeah. he has no idea that the parents are right there. Like, I'm sure that happens a lot. I mean, it, it, it probably happens in high school, probably happens at other levels, but I always think that's such a wild dynamic. You know, you think these guys make a lot of money eventually or, or whatever the case and so hey can't you just buy a suite and put every family member there well not every player can get a suite <laughs> no know? for sure for sure oh no mom was in the crowd for me man but hey as long as i was having fun which when you win two games in one year wasn't the most fun but i still had fun as much as i could uh that's the most important part yeah i think of it now actually a little bit because uh, we're in 203 uh the, the kids mm -hmm. and staff and that's where our tickets are and so we'll go up there but Right about, I, I'd say, what are we, like, row? Uh, I think we're, like, row X in 203. So it's um, it's not far. There's a, above, like, the, uh, if you keep walking up that section, you'll get to, like, a suite. Mm -hmm. um, and, again, not like we can enter, but the window of a suite. And, uh, well, that's where all the Jags inactive players sit. Yeah. And so <laughs> I always think about it from them. Like, yeah. those are all like they're not playing right yeah. like if james robinson doesn't play in the game he might sit there he might go on the on the sideline mm -hmm. but sometimes depending on the injury to guys they might be right there mm -hmm. and what do they have what they listen to in the course of a jack's game must be like unbelievable yet purely entertaining while you're yeah, watching it's a rough one man <laughs> yeah especially being a player it's one thing if you're a parent like okay but like yeah being a player um right, especially because you're already upset because you're not out there with your teammates yeah, yeah. Not the best. Now listen, the Jags have played so bad at times in that stadium, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those players joined in. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that won't be the case on Sunday. Yeah, sure. Good to have Holly Jones on. Um, man, what a great story Mac is. Gosh, I love local stories, and Mac Jones is terrific. And, and right now, you can make the case head of the class uh, here on this uh, rookie season for all these young quarterbacks in 2021. Uh, we'll be back live at Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield. Come on out. Be here until 6 o'clock. Brett buys a beer a little bit later. Uh, but coming up next, it's our Florida State report. Oh, tough loss last week. What's ahead for the Knowles? And also, they have a quarterback transfer out. The latest on that in the Florida State report. We come back on ESPN 690. The line... On most places is FSU plus nine and a half. How in the world, if you are getting nine and a half points and Clemson has only scored 20 points twice and you're getting half of that before, like today, the game's still a couple days away and you're getting half of what they're going to score? How do you not? If there's anybody listening, how do you not? You're a fool if you don't bet plus nine, plus nine and a half. <laughs> If I'm wrong, I'll own it. I'll play it as a rejoiner. You'll hear this next Thursday. Mm -hmm. But come on. Clemson 0-7 against the spread this year. I repeat, Clemson 0-7 against the spread this year. Wow. Well, <laughs> how did that work out? Uh, by the way, that was about as bad a beat as you could get. I mean, you were right on the money. See, that's, that's one if I was a betting man. Like, I'd be like, that's just like the worst luck in the world. That wasn't the wrong bet. You know what I mean? Like, you made the right bet. You got extremely unlucky. Yeah, like a one in a hundred type of play, unlucky. Like the, the that's what you got to do. You know, you got to be like a like a golfer. You'd be like, hey, listen, I hit that shot great. I mean, that was the wind. Uh, that guy in the stands made a lot of noise. Like my caddy picked the wrong club. Uh, the grass wasn't good. It was a bad spot. Lie. Like that's what you got to do as like a, a betting person. And I would be like, listen, I made the right play. I mean, that was the right play, and I got screwed. Casey, take us back to Saturday. 
You're watching that game. Sure. You think you have it all wrapped up. Reputation, pride on the line. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Florida State trying to, you know, make it a closer ball game, I guess. The turnover, the touchdown. What went, What came out of your mouth? Uh, I mean, I don't want to what came out of your mouth because I'm sure you swore. Yeah. But uh, did you throw anything? Yeah. Did you say anything? Yeah. All those What'd things. I threw oh. the remote. But here's the thing. I I knew as soon as the first lateral happened, I was in trouble. <laughs> because that never, ever works. So when the first lateral happened, I was like, I'm in trouble. And then when he just turned around and chucked it to nobody on the goal line, I said, yeah, I'm really in trouble. Yeah. And then when dude kind of fumbled around and it looked like he might have been down, like at the one, yeah, I jumped up, and then they showed the replay, and I was like, it doesn't matter. And I threw the remote. I walked out of the room. I kicked some shoes. Nice. Um, and I didn't even stay for the final ruling, but um, I got in my car to come here, um, and I heard it on ESPN 690 that it was indeed 30 to 20. And that's 10. Do you, at the end of the day, that day, uh, should, do you think Florida State should have won that game? Or yeah. do you think Clemson, like, was in control of that game? Because, I mean, it was, at the end of the day, it was what, like a 24 to 20 game? Right? Really? Yes. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. And so, but Clemson missed three field goals. I think they fumbled deep in Florida State territory, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I wasn't watching a lot of it because we were at the Florida Georgia game. But, I mean, that's a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, and the Knowles, I felt like they were a bit lucky to stay in that game uh, and be a part of that game. I, I felt like Clemson outplayed them and deserved to win anyway. That was my takeaway from, and again, I'll say this, from a kind of following along with it actually than watching it. Um, yeah, I think obviously those missed field goals and stuff play big, but if you're FSU, you have a chance. You take the lead after the the scoop and score from Jermaine Johnson, and you're you're up a couple of points, and then you immediately go and get a horrible pass interference call. And by horrible, I mean the call itself was horrible. And then yeah. you go and get a horrible late hit call, which I mean that was stupid. you can't hit mm -hmm. that guy. That was a horrible thing to do yeah. if you're on the field. So you couple those two things in. Um, but if you don't do either of those, you're in a way better spot because it took them 55 seconds to score after those penalties. And then, yeah, I think they could have won the game, but... Um, well, they could have, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they really were the better team either way, though. Didn't feel like that. I, I think there are a lot of Florida State fans thinking like, hey, uh, oh, we should have won, could have won. Like, yeah, you could have, but I don't really think you outplayed Florida State from, again, from my, I'm sorry, uh, Clemson, from my view. That's true. It's hard to say, though, I think, that honestly that Clemson outplayed Florida State, though, either with the missed kicks and all that. I think in general it was just a who's going to lose it worse, and yeah. Florida State was the answer. Austin, I, you know, we didn't talk about this coming out of the Georgia game, but this is, it's an interesting thing now with uh, FSU. Uh, welcome back, everybody. By the way, String Sports Brewery, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, here until 6, and uh, then Jaguars All Access uh, coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Uh, we also have Westwood One coverage of tonight's uh, Jets-Colts game on ESPN 690. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Jack Studios. You know, the, the lack of discipline there from Florida State, especially with the late hit, uh, very costly. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Clemson would score a touchdown if uh, they don't do that. Um, maybe they would have, but I don't feel like they would have. Their offense kind of sputtery all year anyway. I don't really think that's been a huge problem in the Norvell era so far, these couple years. Like he Taggart, it was a major problem. Like oh, they yeah, had discipline out, yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, it's a good thing that I don't think that's a major problem, but here we are in a big game. In that moment, you can't, you shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, that's too costly of a mistake, and I think you can make the case of costing the football game. What I want to balance that with, you know, everybody talks about Georgia's defense, and watching that in person the other day, as fast as they play, as violent as they play, as emotional as they play, and as good as they are, I think the I walked away thinking most impressive thing about this defense is they are disciplined. Like, mm -hmm. they don't do any of that stuff. Like, they do not play after the whistle. Uh, I'm not saying they haven't. But in this rivalry game, an emotional game against Florida, they had none of that. They were, they were playing, boom, hard, like 100 million miles an hour to the whistle. There weren't late hits. There weren't these, these dumb plays. Sometimes you get a defense that's really, really good, and they make dumb plays on top of it because they play with all that emotion, swagger, and the rest. Mm -hmm. That maybe was the most impressive part about watching Georgia up close on Saturday. No, I mean, it, it's a good call. And, you know, that's the reason why they can get intricate with their, their defenses and give you kind of various looks out of that 3-4 um, because they have the smarts to do so. Now, you know, if, if you want to break down the Georgia defense like we did, you know, this past week, uh, or I'm sorry, last week, um, you know, I, I talked about how they, they don't have to do anything out of the ordinary. They could just line up in the same way every single time, and they would still have success. But then when you combine that talent with, you know, different looks, different stunts, when you rush three guys sometimes or you blitz with a fourth guy, um, that can, can, you know, it's a 3-4 defense. It can confuse offensive linemen. But you have to do that when you have the right guys with the right IQ uh, and the football smarts. And they definitely have that all around the field there at Georgia. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of my takeaways uh, of that game. Um, as good as they are, and that's a yeah, that's kind of a Saban Kirby Smart type of thing. And and Norvell is an attention to detail guy at Florida State. So if they can play fast and play smart most of the time, now they didn't in that moment, and I think it really cost them a chance to win that football game because they uh, didn't play smart. All right, Casey, let's uh, get into it. The Florida State report here on a week where they now are three and five and snap a three-game winning streak that is correct we'll do two things before we talk about the game itself we'll first start with florida state great buster posey who's going to announce his retirement today that's yeah. on the baseball side so uh give buster posey some love uh, hall of famer for sure i don't know if you agree or disagree but that's a different conversation and the second I do, thing and he changed the he changed the rule at home plate he should go in the hall of fame just for that yeah that's a good call actually i didn't even think Dude about the that. stripes there yeah so that will happen later today and something that already happened is chubba purdy will leave florida state that was announced um a potential reason for that because now with Chubba Purdy leaving, they only have three scholarships quarterbacks on the roster and you will obviously lose Mackenzie Milton next year. So that'll be two right now. Mike Norvell holds a commitment from AJ Duffy, who is uh, down at IMG. Um, so, and he's a four star. That would be a quality get for Mike Norvell. So maybe that's what uh, changed Chubba Purdy's mind about staying at Florida state. Uh, I have three quick options for you. Feel free to weigh in if you so choose. Uh, that he may choose. I think he's going to be very good, by the way. The first option is Arizona State. Their family, and he is from Arizona, so Arizona State seems like an obvious option. They are a quality program. They're going to be losing their quarterback to the draft, so Arizona State is one. Uh, if you want to stay in the state of Florida, I would say UCF would be an option. They have not had good quarterback play this year. Dylan Gabriel, it is what it is there. I believe he's hurt right now still, so a lot going on at UCF. And the third option would be he could take over for his brother at Iowa State as he will be going to the NFL draft as well. So those are just three outside options for Chubba Purdy as he 
officially says goodbye to Florida State. Obviously, we talked about the game for a bit, but I want to get this in there. Jordan Travis did not throw any interceptions in this game. He did throw two touchdowns. However, he did not get a positive rushing yard, and as a whole, FSU only averaged 1.9 a carry. So it's pretty incredible that they were even in the game when they were only running at 1.9 a clip. On the flip side, Will Shipley, 28 for 128 and 2, who is the Clemson running back, 5.1 per. By the way, freshman in action because Lynn J. Dixon started the season as their starting running back. He just didn't show up uh, to the Georgia game, and like physically he just wasn't there. So he's no longer with the program. And then Kobe Pace was supposed to start um, this game, and he was injured. So Will Shipley had a good day on the ground. So let's focus to this game, and that would be NC State, a team who, by the way, I got laughed at for picking to win the ACC. It looks like I'm still going to be wrong, but... I mean, it was not bad of a pick anyway. Mm-hmm. No big deal. They're coming off a 28-13 to 13 win over Louisville, a team that obviously beat Florida State. They are a good team. They have beaten Clemson. They have beaten Boston College, but they somehow lost recently 31-30 to 30 to Miami. Not 100% sure how that happened. Uh, they're the 56th best offense in the NCAA, which doesn't sound great, but there's a lot of teams in the NCAA. They're led by Zonovan Knight, who is their running back, 5.4 a carry. He won the offensive... Uh, player of the game in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl last year. I don't know if anybody yep. remembers that or was at that game, but he ran all over Kentucky in that one. Uh, their quarterback, Devin Leary, has thrown 21 touchdowns and only two interceptions, so he's been quality. But they uh, they win games on defense. They're the sixth best defense in the country. So Austin Lane, is that considered great, good, or where does that... I'm sorry, sixth best defense you six, said? Six, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of schools in this country, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say great. Now, it's not like being number two where Brent might say maybe they're okay or good if you're number two in the nation. But, like, you know, the way I think of schools and being ranked, I think they're pretty great. I, li- I like to hear you say that. So they give up 16.2 a game, so obviously 10 more than Georgia, who is the number one defense. But this is fascinating to me. By far. On, uh, we go to the numbers because it's Casey's segment, though. Sorry, Casey, keep going. All good. On average, uh, per game, they allow 0.1 rushing touchdowns per game. That breaks down to one rushing <laughs> touchdown in eight games. They've <laughs> let the other team carry the ball 230, 245 times. They've allowed one touchdown. Wow. So that's not good for Florida State. No. Um, <laughs> Especially on the heels of not running it well. Maybe their running game isn't as good as we thought. That we'll find out. We will find out. Drake Thomas is the guy that's leading NC State. He leads their team in sacks with four. He had nine and a half last year. He also has two interceptions. He plays outside linebacker, so uh, you might want to figure out where he is before you snap the ball if you're Jordan Travis. In this game specifically, NC State, both of their losses this year have come on the road. If I didn't mention, this game is in Tallahassee, so that's a start. They have scored 27 or more points in all but one game, and that was the game they beat Clemson. They've scored 30 or more in five games, and they do not allow anywhere near that amount of points. Uh, The line on this one is mostly going to be two and a half for the plus side on Florida State. You might be able to find it um, at three or potentially two. Uh, plus 115 on most sites, however, on the Hard Rock book, which is now something you can do in Florida if you so choose, you can find them at plus 110. The over-under most places is 56. However, Hard Rock has it at 55.5. If I'm playing on that scenario, uh, give me NC State with the points. I think NC State is really good, and I still need them to win the ACC somehow. I don't know how that's going to work itself out. Wake Forest is going to have to lose a couple times, but I think NC State's a good team. I think Florida State's going to be in trouble. You keep it close, and... You never know what happens, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, especially with the rushing stats for NC State. The game is on ESPN 690. Kickoff is at 4 for some reason, so that means the coverage will start at 2, not 3.30, but 4. 
And that was your Florida State Report, sponsored by Bonus Pit Barbecue and Willie Jewel's Old School Barbecue. Nicely done, man. Yeah, well done, as always. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Because, um, Casey, during that, you know, during, during that breakdown there, you know, obviously we talked about Georgia, um, and then I, I made a little comment about Wisconsin. Uh, and then Brent, you know, said a little comment, because that's what he does when he talks about Wisconsin Badgers defense and disrespecting Jim Leonard. But it's very interesting here, because I'm, I'm on the footballdatabase.com right now, and I'm looking up team defense. And this is actually some breaking news right now, exclusive ESPN 690 content. Uh, the, the Wisconsin Badgers have moved from number two to number one now in the country in team defense. They give up 40... And team defense. They, they give up 49.6 yards rushing, and they give up 145 yards passing a game. That's good for 194.9. That is good for first place right now. Ooh, Georgia just missed out at 204 uh, yards per game. So Wisconsin, number one in team defense now in the NCAA. A lot how of schools there, Casey, they right? Give up a, how uh, how many many points? Uh, they give up 17 points a game. And Georgia, and Georgia gives up 6.6. 6. Huh? How can you be... I mean, that's not a lot of points, but how can you be number one def Like, that just seems odd, right? Yards, yeah. I mean, th this is going by yards. Usually in team defense, you go by yards per game. Uh, and Wisconsin right now is, is the number one team defense in the entire country. How about now, how yards per play, Georgia is still number one. <sighs> yeah, but, you know, we're talking about team defense, though, is what I was alluding to. Now, Casey, how many schools are in this country? SEC, it just means more. Uh, I guess so. Snap. How many schools are in this country, Casey, like so, in terms of football? Uh, Do you want how many? Isn't it like 150-something? Okay, uh, so... Yeah, it's 124, 32, something like okay, that. Okay, so we'll, we'll go ahead and call it an even 130. So there's 132 schools, and Wisconsin's ranked number one out of 130 schools. Is that great? <laughs> no. Is that Not great? when you give up 17 a game. Is that great? Ah, uh, you know, is that great, though? Pretty great. They need to change the way they do the stats. I'm sorry. I know the stats. Are, that, oh, that's a stupid stat. Here come, here come no. the haters. Because, here listen, come the they've, haters. They've, they've, they've given up 17 <laughs> touchdowns. And and Georgia's given up six. Oh, it's not even close. How to, yeah, but hey, Wisconsin's playing high quality offenses. Who's Georgia playing? <laughs> yeah, high quality. Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry, South Carolina. <laughs> hey, by the way, if uh, what's his name, Graham Mertz has, uh, if he needs to be benched, you could always go get Chubba Purdy if you're Wisconsin. Yeah, but go. I don't I don't want to see Chubba Purdy get ruined, you know, because that, that's what's going to happen. Like, we keep yeah, thinking it's going to be like the next Russell Wilson. It's not going to happen. Any quarterback that plays for Wisconsin gets ruined. I don't want to see Purdy get ruined. I don't know who he is, but he seems like a nice guy. Go he's be successful player. someplace else. He's going to be – I write this down now. He's going to be very good. Yeah. How does Wisconsin, uh, with or numbers like that, no, have three haters. losses? Here come the because the, the Wisconsin offense is less than to be desired. Where are just they say. in total team offense, just for fun? Oh, you want, you want that team offense? <laughs> Can't be very good. Let's hope it's not No, good. It, it's not good at all. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not good. I don't know. Casey, okay, I, I don't know. Like, okay, uh, Brent's like, still who, on the... Who, who, who does Wisconsin it? have? What do you mean? Who do they play? I mean, the biggest play they, was, I, was Iowa... Uh, I'm, I think Wisconsin... Do they play Michigan State this year? I don't, I don't even know, Brent. Yeah, who, uh, <laughs> diehard. What do you mean diehard? I don't know. Hey, Casey, in the break, can we call Iowa. the pickle? Can we call the pickle Iowa. and get the schedule for Wisconsin? Because obviously nobody cares around here. Well, I mean, they're 5-3. and three. They're they're seventh in the Big Ten right now. You know, it's kind of, but their defense is fantastic. Uh, so the, so the, they're playing Rutgers. And you laugh like, like I'm lying. Uh, they play Rutgers, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, bringing oh home Paul gosh. Bunyan's axe. Yeah, they shouldn't have much problem with that yeah, schedule, they should win really. Out. I mean, they really should win out. They don't win out. It's embarrassing.
Yeah, it is embarrassing. Yeah, it's whatever. You know, Iowa, Iowa's good team. Seven <laughs> points. Whoops. Hey, uh, Purdue, has anybody oh, with the number one, this what, what number one team defense ever ever been seventh in the Big Ten? What, well, what do you want when you have Graham Mertz as your quarterback, <laughs> Brent? I don't know what to tell you. It's not Jim Leonard's uh, fault. It's not that defense's fault. Yeah. Hmm. They need number Stetson Bennett in the fourth. That's yeah. what they need. I'll tell you what, though, man. Number one of the country. It feels good to hang your hat on something, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, it, it really what. does. But that schedule, by the way, they might finish Ooh, number one of the play, country. Play at Penn State. You know, remember, though, Penn State high-powered offense. Michigan high-powered offense. You know, Who says Iowa? Penn State has a high-powered offense? I did. I just oh, said you just that. Made that. I literally okay. just said that <laughs> okay. four seconds ago. Yeah, no, I was just checking I to see that. if there was any background <laughs> source. Go, Trust go, me, bro. Hey, hey Trust go me, check bro. the film. I just said it. I'll check okay. it. By the way. You can save all this talk for your buddy AP. He doesn't listen until 4.30 on Friday. Oh, Fridays. no, man. I, I'm saying this for myself. <laughs> be, be, being a, a proud Wisconsinite. I think it's what we call ourselves, Wisconsinites. Uh, Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites? We'll yeah, Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites. Yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> the, the fight in pickles. We'll be back. <laughs> Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 from String Sports Brewery. I mean, if you're a Florida Gators fan, let's be honest, your season's in the dumpster. If you want to watch a true defense play because Georgia wasn't good enough for you, check out the Wisconsin Badgers at Rutgers, 3.30 on Saturday. Rutgers, obviously, one of a very prolific high-scoring offense, averaging about 23.6 points per game. Dang. We'll see how Bucky can handle that, being on the uh, the East Coast, playing at Rutgers. Be a good test for the Badgers there, really showcase yeah, the defense. Big test in New Jersey, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. For, for Rutgers. This is the request-only <laughs> hour of rejoiners, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. We should do a request of fight songs. That would be nice, yeah. right? That'd be kind of good. Feels uh, good being in first place, Brent. No, I didn't go to Wisconsin, obviously, but just it feels good being in first place. By the way, I don't know, like, my alma mater from high school. Like, I remember it. Like, I remember doing it, and hopefully they gave me a little flyer to tell me the words. <laughs> uh, and then, like, from college, and it's not like Asheville University has, like, the Notre Dame fight song and stuff, you know. But uh, I don't know any of that stuff. Like, Wait, it's obviously you at don't a know bigger that? level. Like, like, I would never know Wisconsin's. Like, I know Notre Dame's, and I, I don't know word-by-word word Notre Dame stuff, but, I mean, obviously, you know some of the most popular ones around the country. Yeah. Like, I don't even know my – I mean, I didn't know my alma mater or whatever at East Providence High School or – I mean, it wasn't a fight song, but like, how do you, you know, like, yours? Yeah. How do you not know you're, you're a collegiate one? Because I went to Ashland University. I'm not really sure, like – I went to Murray we State. Yeah, I'm not really sure it was like this big thing. Mm. We're out, you know, in the quad yeah. singing it. <laughs> I know? mean, we, we, we had to sing <laughs> a football team song. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're basically, because like, we, had, we had to sing after every single game whether we won or lost. And, yeah, lost, that and there's makes nothing, sense. There's nothing more demoralizing as a team when you just got beat by, like, 30 by Jacksonville State, and you have to go to your sideline and then sing the fight song um, and try to put a smile on. Like, that was always a rough one. Hey, that's yeah, you guys yeah. and FSU. Yeah, Jacksonville State, you got that in common. Oh, good call, good call. Hey, uh, the Icemen are sold out Saturday night, so that's pretty cool. Um, and speaking of hockey, Jack Eichel been traded from Buffalo to Vegas. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you do get what you want. I guess, well, the players usually get what they want at the end of the day. It just depends how long they have to wait. Like Deshaun Watson, he'll get what he wants. Yeah. Just have to wait a year for it. Um, so what? What? how big of a move in the uh, NHL today is that? 
I mean, it's a huge move. I think I thought Calgary was going to be the favorites because right now Calgary's probably the best team in, in the entire NHL. Um, they have an MVP type guy in Johnny Hockey right now, Johnny Gordreau, as they call him. But, uh, you know, the Golden Knights are, are a team that they are four and five right now. The season's still very young. They're going to make a playoff push as well. And now adding Eichel to the team um, is definitely going to boost their chances of having a pretty successful season. Yeah, and uh, with Eichel, I think it's fascinating because it's not like he's going to play tomorrow night. He still has a surgery to get done. And yeah. the big part of this trade was, and Calgary was in on this as well, is the Sabres did not want him to have a certain surgery that he wanted. So part of this trade was the team that was trading for him had to give him assurance that he could get whatever surgery he wanted. And Vegas gave him that, so that's another reason why this move gets done. But we're still a long way away from seeing Jack Eichel play hockey this year. They're thinking around the Olympic break. But if Vegas can put themselves in a position, which they will, to make a playoff run, there's not a better guy to have join your team at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, hey, another topic, uh, Bryson on Twitter said, hey, can you guys talk about this today? And I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, the CAA, Colonial Athletic Association, will not allow James Madison teams to compete for league championships this year if the school accepts an invitation to join another conference. Do you think that should happen? The Dukes are expected to formally move to the Sun Belt, by the way. And you know what? I wondered why the Big 12 would even put Oklahoma and Texas on TV over the next couple years. Now, there's those two marquee schools, their ratings, it's money and all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of get where they're coming from. Like, why would I cater to a team that's about to leave, that doesn't think we're good enough? Uh, like, the conference is yeah. good enough. Like, why would I do anything that would benefit that school? Um, I don't know how much bad blood has lived there before with James Madison, but I'll, I'll just tell you this. I thought of this when it comes to Oklahoma and Texas. Like, Oklahoma and Texas, I'm the Big 12, but they might, like, basically burn my conference down because they're leaving, yeah. and I'd be ticked off at it. I'd do everything in my power I could to make Oklahoma and Texas not get the benefits of my other schools that are being loyal. Yeah, I think, you know, from the James Madison perspective, it, it does make sense. But you got to remember, like, Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, how much money do those games bring you from yeah. the con? I mean, that's, the, that's the thing, like, right? and, and, and do you really want to, you know, do you really want to try to make a point and, and puff your chest and lose out on millions and millions of dollars because you're trying to, you know, stick it to Oklahoma and Texas even though they're leaving regardless? I don't know. Yeah. But James Madison does make sense because, I mean, how much money are you making off them, you know? Yeah, probably not. And, yeah. and by the way, maybe if, if conferences were to do this, they would at least uh, discourage or make you think twice about moving and jumping conferences so much. Yeah. I mean, listen, the A-Sun almost went defunct because so many people were moving around and football was starting up and all Well, now they figured it out. They've made it into, like, a big conference, like a lot more basketball schools, and basketball should be really good. And so they've really saved it, and it looked like it was going extinct. And so this happens in some of these conferences. So... I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like this vendetta I would have yeah. if I was the commissioner in the conference. But I'd be ticked off if I'm those other schools. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be upset for sure. I mean, we'll, we'll see what the Big 12, we'll see what happens, man. I have yeah. no idea what's going to happen with that. I would do no favors for Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC because they seriously could, like, burn the Big 12 down because they're leaving. Yeah, like, but, I, I mean, if the ship's going down, definitely get all the money that you can before it goes down. <laughs> That's fair. You know? Use them. You know, there's a point to be, right? Use them yeah, <laughs> as yeah. much as you can. I'm using them, yeah. Uh, all right, hey, football at five. Deshaun Jackson's available. Should the Jags have any interest? Uh, and uh, we've asked that question twice this week, but he's now really available. Uh, who will get him? And uh, football at five rolls on from String Sports Brewery here at ESPN 690.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.